0: Found the Winding Road podcast, hosted by Jason and Isaac. We're two friends who are sitting in the driveway, just chatting about cars over some drinks, while two of our favorite cars are sitting behind us, shining in the sun. We never know where the conversation will go, but we hope you join us. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Jason and I were just talking about you know getting into the grind of things every day and how. Uh, having a slow start or something that can that affects your normal routine can kind of have an effect on the same day um but we're here to talk about cars tonight and i was wanted to tell you the other day i was driving it was on the weekend i think yeah sunday i was driving and i saw a rivian which i didn't even know they were in production yet do you know anything about rivians no i don't so they are an electric car company that is making pickups and suvs rivian yeah r-i-v-i-a-n they look different yeah they um rivian.com is our website they have a truck and an suv and i saw the Mm. truck it was in there uh they call it rivian blue they're interesting but as far as i know i'm actually looking them up now i believe they're an american manufacturer
1: i'm looking at a picture right now looks like it's got a i don't know if it's factory but it looks like it's got like a built-in um like a table that slides out of the side of the bed too
0: yeah that's one of their accessories so they're focusing on like the quote lifestyle um market mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. everything that subaru markets to, where like you can see the guys by the campfire with the beanie and everything like they're right. definitely marketing towards you know the, the outdoorsy type or the the truck market uh they mm-hmm. have I actually built one the other day to see because I wasn't sure how expensive they were. And mm-hmm. when you get after you put the different options in, you can get all the accessories like the, the tent that attaches to it and the, the outdoor table and stuff. So it's kind of like outdoorsy that way. Um, they start a little under $70,000, but based on the way I was building it um, and some of the things I've seen, the one you want is probably in the mid 80s. Um, with the extended range battery and some of the different uh, convenience features. But you can easily hit 100,000 if you really want to. And that's I, was just the gonna, yeah, I was just going to say, what is it like when you load it all the way up? The luxury version, I'll just go to configure now. So there's the adventure package and the explore package. And when you compare them, the biggest differences are um, the adventure package gets a powered tonneau cover and what's called a gear guard i'm not sure what that is and then upgraded audio um different interior trim um heated and ventilated seats instead of just heated Uh, a little bit more uh, seat adjustments and 100 percent recycled microfiber headliner that's interesting some of the options are so like the adventure package is more the upper end one that one starts at 73 the other one's at 67.5 and then the large battery pack adds uh, about 86 miles and uh, it's ten thousand dollars of an option To add 86 miles yeah <laughs> wow I, I don't think it's quite worth it but i'm sure there they'll get a lot of people do it because of range anxiety and stuff like that um some of the color options add a couple thousand dollars and you get some different, they have six different wheel options and you can add a spare tire off road packages, uh, different coupler interiors. And then the, the accessories you were saying, like there's a camp kitchen and there's a tent and then there's cargo mounts. There's a, there's a gear tunnel. So because it's got like a lot of electric cars, it has the, like the skateboard style platform, where it's the battery down below the bottom of the car between the axles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of flexibility in building things. So like on a normal truck, you would have the drive shaft from the transmission to the, the rear end, We you don't have mm-hmm. the, that on this car. And you also don't have a fuel tank. So what they were able to do is basically underneath the bed and behind the cab, there's this hole that goes the width of the car. Uh, So if you've ever seen a tow behind camper, sometimes they'll have storage that goes like the the width of the camper underneath the Mm -hmm. floor. Mm -hmm. It's like that. And so they have that feature. And then one of the accessories is a shuttle. So basically it's this little tray that slides in and out of the thing. Um, Crossbars, of course, for the roof and then roof attachments, floor mats and all the normal kind of stuff there. It's an emergency kit. So, yeah, I mean, you can you can bare bones it for less than seventy thousand dollars. but you can obviously just like any other truck on the market today. You can load it up for around a hundred, and the SUV is a couple thousand more.
1: That's interesting. Um, I can't. I can't get past a ten thousand dollar <laughs> eighty-six mile option.
0: Yeah, that's not much more range.
1: No, I, that I'm having a hard time stomaching that one.
0: Yeah, I mean, put it in perspective. You like um, some cars that had a diesel option. They would probably add depending on the car, you know, 100 to 200 miles of range, depending on the mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. And that engine option was usually about four to $8,000, depending on the car. You know, you can kind of use that as a little bit of a comparison, although it's totally apples and oranges. So it's not really that comparable. Yeah, I mean,
1: because with a diesel engine, you're getting different things. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting way more low-end torque. So depending upon the vehicle, you know, you could be doing more towing or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that 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 dollar option goes a little bit further than 10K just to get an extra 86 miles.
0: Yeah. And a lot of times with the diesel option, uh, you also it's part of a package sometimes where you might get certain interior features or other other things that aren't that sometimes are part of a higher end package. Like I know Volkswagen was doing that for a while when they were selling the Golf and Jetta TDIs in like the early 2010, so like 10 and 12-ish time frame, when you got the diesel, you basically, by default, got the option package like you would have been in the upper to mid-tier, like mid to upper-tier option package for the gas engine. So it automatically, while you pay four to $6,000 more for that car, you were also getting upgraded interior uh, features and things like that. So it's not just an engine package at that point.
1: hmm it seemed to be like there were for a little while there, at least there are some different diesel options coming out um, in, the, in like the light truck market. Um, I know that. Was it the Colorado had a, a small diesel option, I think, in 2020 or 2021, maybe mm-hmm. um, I want to say Jeep did as well or, or still does. Um which is interesting because I feel like you didn't see that at all. Like back in the eighties, I think we talked about this maybe in a prior episode, um, you know, with like the Ranger that had the 2.2 liter um, diesel in it. And I think Escort had one as well. Believe it or not, there was in 80, in the eighties, the Lincoln Mark seven, had a, had a BMW diesel engine in it as like a very rare You just had to figure out option. a way
0: to mention the I Mark 7s. I have to.
1: gotta. I gotta <laughs> plug the Lincoln. I have to plug the Lincoln brand. I just. I just do it just to just to, to get you excited, Isaac. I know That's that you okay. love when I talk about Lincolns. <laughs> That's okay.
0: So they had a BMW diesel.
1: From what I from what I've seen, yes, it's a very it's huh. a very rare animal, and it was a Mark Seven in the late eighties that I'm, that I'm, what I, from, based on my research had a BMW diesel engine in it. Interesting. Um, And that's really all I know about it. Mm -hmm. But I find that interesting that we kind of see some diesels coming back here and there, especially in like the light truck segment, I think is interesting.
0: Even Um, in the full size trucks there, as far as I know, it's still offered Ram a couple years ago, started offering, uh, a V6 diesel in their 1500, as well as uh, Ford, I believe. Started off. I with think a you're V6 right. Diesel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I assume Chevy's got to be doing it too because I don't think they would want to be left out.
1: Um, but
0: I'm I'm can't say that I'm super up on the truck market because I'm not really interested in, in that a whole lot. But yeah, I know there was for sure Ford and Dodge came out with one. I don't know if it's still available or not. Um, But I think that's an intriguing option for someone who's going to commute in the car and maybe has, you know, a decent sized trailer, but they don't want a big truck and it kind of gives them a little bit of flexibility. I feel like the fuel economy wasn't any better than some of the turbocharged V6s that are out right now, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it was better for towing. So it's kind of like a good middle of the ground. Like my dad, for example, he's got an F-150 with the 2.7 liter turbo and he's perfectly happy with it. I think he tows a... I want to say it's like a twenty four foot camper with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he doesn't That's pretty big very far. yeah, it's a decent size. I think I think it's got one slide out and it probably seats like six or sleeps like six or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have if your truck is your commuter because he works from home, so if your truck is your commuter and you have something to tell about that size, I think that's a good alternative because you're going to get better economy you know in day-to day driving probably have a little bit better range overall and it's going to be easier to tow something of that same same weight like than with the smaller gas engine just because of the the torque and things like that it's 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 better suited for that kind of duty
1: so you're talking about functionality and and economy and things like that but what about all the guys who like the way you know a big diesel sounds and take off all the you know, the mission stuff and put a huge pipe on it and like the smoke out of the, you know, out of the exhaust and all that stuff. Because these new ones, they don't sound like that because they're tiny engines, like a 7.3, you know, diesel and an F-350. Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't think coal rollers are buying the, the you know, the, the 1500 series V6 diesels. I think they're um, they're not really into yeah. that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I guess. Where did you see that, um, Rivian at? Because you this is the second time you've had a pretty interesting sighting.
0: I feel like I kind of like my commute because I see stuff fairly frequently. Um, but I saw it a couple of miles from home. So it was in it was in like the um the Lionville area.
1: Do you think it was like an actual someone's vehicle? Or do you think it was like a uh like an advertisement piece or something.
0: No, I think it was a. I think it was a private loan vehicle. Um, huh. I just didn't think they were in production yet. I thought they were like Lucid, where they're still in the pre you know, the pre-order stage, where you can put your name on a name on a list and and have one eventually. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't think they were actually being built yet. Jog my memory, Lucid is
1: that one of those little tiny
0: things? No. Right, it's no, a regular.
1: They, out- Full they're, size car.
0: they're competing with like the mercedes s-class okay. the audi a8 and the bmw okay. 7 series it's a large car like that it starts i think 110 or 120 Jeez, oh my God. Um, it's it's an interesting looking car i the rivian made me look into those a little bit more because i haven't been keeping up with those that much mm-hmm. or anything electric really and they are still not in production if you go to their website you can put your you can like uh design your own like the features you want and everything uh, and you can put your name on a list for uh, for getting one when they start building them but they're not in production yet I have seen there have been pre-production like prototypes for like the media and stuff I've seen several people who are magazine editors or whoever on uh, Instagram and stuff posting photos and going to launch events and things like that for the lucid
1: is it is it 100 percent going to happen or is there are they still trying to
0: you know raise funds it's pretty far along i don't think it's far from production but Uh, you never know things can always kind of take a turn at the last minute if something comes up it could be like another firefly concert i don't even know what that was all about i was totally not up with that did you ever you ever watch the uh, documentary no it's 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 worth it's worth an hour
1: of your time if you uh, get nothing you find yourself with nothing to do. Okay. But anyway, basically, it was about something that was all like set to go and never took place, and no one got their money back. So mm-hmm. I would hate to see this happen to any of the Lucid customers out there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I had an idea earlier. It's inspiration from another podcast I listened to, but it's mm-hmm. something called Track Daily Crush. So. Um, listeners can challenge us with some of these. I'm going to challenge you with with one, Jason, and see how you go. Uh, okay. Basically, I'm going to give you three cars, and you have to pick one to that you're going to use on the track. You have to pick one that's going to be your daily driver, and you have to pick one you're going to crush. Okay. And so your cars to choose from are your S3, uh-huh. Mark 8 and your Fox Body Mustang. Hmm. Do I have
1: to decide right now?
0: You can think about it for a little bit because I just kind of threw it in, threw you into it. Um, okay. I, I don't think this one's going to be too bad for me. This
1: one's okay. actually a little
0: pretty easy. Okay.
1: So now you have to keep in mind that there's a lot of different factors involved. Mm-hmm. Because if you... Actually, you're right. It's difficult because you can... Like, are you, am I am I answering this question based on the condition of the car if because I had however to you, want, cars, to it, um, however you want to enter it. However you want to enter it. These three There's cars
0: a- for the rest of your driving life. Ooh. This is a car you're gonna track. This is a car you're gonna daily. This is a car you're gonna crush and never see again.
1: All right. So then geez I'm gonna say I'd have to daily the S3 just because it's very well rounded and from an everyday aspect. It's comfortable for the most part. It's good in inclement weather. And I can have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say. crush the Mustang.
0: Really? Because I had a lot
1: of issues with it. And it was like. In bad shape. And I guess I'd have to track the Mark 8, Which is a terrible <laughs> track car.
0: This is a tough question. I thought you would. Um, daily the S3 track the Mustang, and then be very sad because you had to crush a Mark Eight. But um, I, well, I can see I how think, you got there.
1: My thing is, I never well. My, see, my parents had a '95 Mark Eight, and I was a younger kid at that time, so I kind of always wanted a '98 one myself. Mm. And I think that's why I've had a must. I've had the Mustang, I never mm. actually had my own Mark Eight. And I mm-hmm. think that's where my mind went to on that one.
0: Okay. Um, so you would, a, you would track the question. Mark 8 instead of the S3? Well,
1: well, that that was out of um, desperation to not get rid of it. <laughs> uh, I've, yeah, I mean, in the real – if you're talking about um, how the car the, – oh God, I don't know what I'm trying to say – Yes, the S three is very trackable, and most and a lot of people do track that car, and that would probably be the best unit out of the three on the track. And the Mark Eight would probably be the best comfortable daily driving car in ninety in nine, back in nineteen ninety eight. But in my experience, um, daily driving my S three, I wouldn't want to change that right now. Okay, that's a that's hard fair. question to ask, and I like that. I like that challenge to our listeners. Yeah. I think that I think that uh, I'd like to see what they have to say, and maybe by the end of this, like, well, how, maybe we can put a challenge out there to the listeners. Give them
0: three vehicles, and have them answer in. Well, it's and it could be something like it doesn't have to be their own vehicles. Like for example, I could say, "Let's come up with another three for you." Um, for me. Yeah, just to kind of give you a different example. I use those three because. I knew you have personal experience with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it might make it difficult, so let's say a GTO judge. Okay. A Shelby GT350. Okay. And a Yanko Camaro.
1: Ooh. Um. I would daily drive. What year are you talking for the 350? The, the old ones.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. So we're talking like a 67-ish. Yeah. I would Oh man. Um I would probably daily the Yanko Camaro I think they're cool. Um and I'd probably track the GT350 because it's smaller, nimbler. Are you talking are we talking like road course or like or like yeah. straight away? Okay, yeah, so G, I would I would track that and I would sadly have to crush the gto not because i don't like it just because those were tough choices Mm -hmm. i'll have to come up with some for you i can't think off the top of my head that quickly
0: that's okay i like that i I like this idea yeah i thought of that earlier and you can have a lot of fun with it you can yeah you can really torture people sometimes like if you know there's something close to their heart and they gotta crush one of them um it can be pretty entertaining to listen to the struggle. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm gonna come up. i am uh, gonna get, put some serious thought into it, and I'll come up with a couple of good ones for you. Okay, but I want to. I want to put some. I want to put some thought into it. I don't want to just throw it out there yet. Sure. Um, so we were talking earlier about um, you know these these cars that are kind of in pre production. Some of them are already in production, like the Rivian and the Lucid. Um, it kind of makes me think of like really expensive, like high-end cars and things like that. And I don't know if you've heard about this, but I saw a commercial on TV the other day, discovery press or something like that. It's called million dollar wheels. Have you heard of that show? Mm. No, it, it, it intrigued me because it looked like, I mean, reality TV uh, in quotation marks I'll do. Um, but it seemed to me like you ever you ever hear like million dollar listing? No. So million dollar listing is it follows realtors selling houses. Okay. And I really didn't look too much into this show, but from the commercial what I gathered is it looks like people selling like high end vehicles, like one guy sells Bugatti, you know whatever stuff like that, and uh, and it, it's it seemed interesting so i don't think it's out yet i think it comes out maybe early march perhaps i have to get my facts right on that but okay um it was very intriguing for uh because it's not it's not like that it doesn't seem like it's a technical aspect of cars it's more of like you know like the i don't want to say social aspect but it pulls in more of um a broader range of people who you know May not know so much technical things about cars, but can appreciate them in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to check that out, um, and I want to I want to do more research. I haven't had too much of an opportunity because I think I saw I saw this commercial last night, and I didn't have an, an opportunity to kind of um, research it. But uh, I'm excited to check that out. Okay. The other thing was um, I saw you today, obviously at work, and. I ordered some parts for my car to do some maintenance on it myself. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be an interesting topic to discuss for the listeners. Um, You know, when is a good time to do your own maintenance versus go the more professional route? What do you think about that?
0: Uh, There's a lot of factors. It depends on how much time you have to set aside for it. Uh, if you have the knowledge to do it or the tools or the place, uh, some people have limitations like that. You know, it depends on what your time is worth to you. Mm. Like for a doctor or some or a lawyer or something, it's not like, unless they want to do it because it's fulfilling,
1: you mm. know, if
0: you don't want to do it, obviously that's a good reason to have someone else do it. But say you are not are impartial to doing it yourself, but your time is really valuable, then it might just be worth, you know, paying someone else to do it because that, mm. that's time you can put into doing something else. Like, you know, when I did my own breaks this summer, uh, it was the first time doing that style of breaks. I've done breaks before, but not this style of caliper that I have. And so it was learning experience and it probably took me, you know, three hours or so to do it. When, if I do it now, because I know how to do it, it would take me maybe an hour um, to do it on the ground because I don't have a lift. Mm -hmm. But that three hours is something is time. I could have been doing something else, you know, so I could have been out doing whatever. Um, So it's just a matter of if you have the time or the resources or whatever to do it, or if you have, if you want to, if you, if it's something you like doing, like I like doing as much maintenance as I can. So that's the reason I do it. And I've collected an assortment of tools over the years. And I've had to expand my toolbox a couple of times. And um, Mm -hmm. most of the tools I don't use very often, but it's inexpensive and, you know, it's something I just kind of collected over time and I enjoy doing it. So
1: that just actually jogged my memory. So I recently came across something. I don't know if I shared this with you or not. Um, Have you ever heard of this new business called, I think it's called You Wrench It? Have you seen that?
0: Um, not specifically, but I have an idea. So,
1: I, I, from what I believe this, from what I gather, someone had started, I think it's in like Palmyra, New Jersey. This guy started up, um, you can basically rent a lift. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine what the liability is to do that. Um, but you can rent a lift. I think it's like 29 or $39 an hour, which sounds great. You know, it's like, Oh, you can, you know, I I need a lift. I can, I I think you can rent tools or borrow tools or what have you, but it was on Facebook that I saw this, which we all know when something's on Facebook, you immediately have to check out the comments (laughs) and the comments are great. I mean, one guy, one guy was like, I I hate to be, you know, somebody's like 15 hours into like a, uh, an engine pull and they have no idea what they're doing and, you know, and the thing's stuck on the lift and, you know, you just keep racking up the bill. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. I think it's very interesting, but I don't know how something like that as a business plan would last long term.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely heard of that concept. Um, it's perfect for someone like yourself who, Knows how to do certain things, doesn't have the place necessarily to do it, and also having a lift lift makes things so much easier to do a lot of things. Um, and so, like if you have a free Saturday, you need to do an oil change and rotate your tires. Um, you can just go do it and spend like two or three hours there and do everything you need to do. And one, do it yourself to so you have the pride of that, and two, save a good amount of money compared to having it done somewhere. So that can definitely work for a lot of people. But again, I think there's like you mentioned what's the liability insurance like, or yeah. it's probably factored into everything. But yeah. also right. yeah, how how viable of a business is it as far as do you have a lot of people that are interested? And True. you know, if if you get say there's 20 people a week that rent it for a total of like two hours okay so that's what four thousand dollars is that going to cover your costs of expenses
1: yeah i guess that's hopefully Yeah, like hopefully whoever started this has thought about those things yeah
0: i'm I sure think, he has. i think it's a great idea like it's perfect for for people like you and i who um, like to do work on our own cars and just need the yeah. place sometimes to do stuff like that yeah Maybe I'm being too judgmental
1: on it. Maybe we should just let it go and see how it works out. We could always try it ourselves, too. Yeah, we could. Good idea. (laughs) Um, I was thinking, too, about um, the auto shows coming up soon. It's really late this year. It is. Early March, I think. March 5th, I believe it starts.
0: Yeah.
1: I think we touched on that a couple times in previous episodes. Um, Do you know if Audi is showing up this year?
0: I don't know anything about it. Are you are you interested in going at all? Um, probably not this year. Um, I think it's going to be kind of gutted this year. I don't know. I don't really know what to expect. I mean, maybe for the fun of it, I could go, but I haven't given it much thought.
1: I think you're probably right. It's in the. It's not. It hasn't been the same as I remember it in previous years. It seems like every year I go, it gets a little bit thinned out. Mm-hmm. I think I feel like I don't want to be a dead horse. I feel like we did talk about this before. I don't want to bring it up again, but I just thought um, you know, with, with it coming up and the warm weather and everything like that's got me thinking about cars today. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was I was longing for my summer tires today. I was like, oh man, this would be so good. So when are you taking always... them
1: when you're taking the winters off.
0: Um, I watched the calendar or not the calendar, I watched the uh the forecast for like the coming week and when the overnight low stays mostly consistently above like 40 degrees then i'll start swapping them so like i watched that in the fall and like if you have one or two nights where it goes into the high 30s it's okay um but once the overnight lows are consistently in the in the 30s that's when i switch them so it'll be the, the opposite of that. So mm-hmm. I was yeah, thinking forward to that today.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is, like you know, talk about winter versus snow t- or summer tires. You know, some of the cars, like the new cars out right now, like that Audi S3 that I was looking at, um, that has snow, t- or snow tires. It's got summer tires on it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. I don't like I don't love I don't love that option of summer tires coming on a car because you're going to have to buy all seasons if you're going to drive that car in the winter or snow tires. Right. It, I wish that like performance cars didn't come sta- not standard, but maybe it's just me. I don't know. I uh, I'm probably going to catch a lot of heat for this one, but. I don't like that option.
0: I think the only reason there are summer tires on that car specifically is because it's optioned with the black optics package, which typically involves a larger wheel option. I think if you are someone in the market for a sporty car and you want a larger wheel, you kind of have to accept that it's going to come with summer tires based on what size options are available or tire options are available in that size. However, what's stupid and a lot of people i think agree with it is when you get an suv and a lot of people like bigger wheels and there's nothing wrong with that even though it's not for me a lot of people like to get whatever the biggest wheel is you can get on a car especially an suv sometimes they the only tire options available are a summer tire and they're very counterintuitive to have you know a family suv that you have no sporting intentions ever driving the car. You just like the look of the wheel to now have summer tires and you have to swap them to an all season and buy them. Like, you know, when you buy the car or just have another option, I don't know. I think a little bit better planning should, should exist there. If the auto manufacturers working with tire manufacturers to find an option to at least have an all season option available Mm -hmm. or, you know, not offering that larger size because while all seasons are, Flawed, they are pretty common, at least in the United States. And so, most buyers of a standard SUV are not going to want a sporty tire. You know, it happens a lot to me where people they bought a car in the summer and they got the large wheel option because it looked great and it had all the other options they wanted. And they come in because the tire pressure light comes on when the temperatures start getting cold. And I'll see it's summer tires and I'm like, oh, did you, do you have a plan for the winter? Do you have a set of winter tires or are you going to switch to all seasons? And like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, these are summer tires. You get below 40 degrees and it starts raining. You're not going to be able to turn and stop very well. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, well, you know, no one told me that when I was buying the car, they're not going to tell you that, you know, (laughs) they're not going to sell a car if they tell you that. Right. So, I mean, I don't say that part, but it's just, (laughs) I try to make people aware that they need to be careful you know, if it's cold and wet outside, because a lot of people think that because you have all-wheel drive, it doesn't matter what tires are on the car, but that's not the case because all-wheel drive doesn't help you turn or stop. It's something that you have to keep in mind. And I guess back to the topic, I think you can get an S3 because that one's pretty loaded up. I think you mm-hmm. can get an S3 with all-season tires, probably the smaller wheel option. may not be that attractive of a wheel, but... I don't know, I haven't seen it good to know. I'll keep that in the back of my mind. That one was loaded up pretty well though it had a lot of yeah. options on it,
1: yeah, that was awesome. uh I saw it in the parking lot when I was leaving this morning, and I didn't have enough Did time to yeah, I didn't have enough time to really stop and take a good look at it, but uh it definitely caught my attention. that would probably mm-hmm. be the one that um you know if I somehow hit the lottery tomorrow' I'll be. I'll be running right up to the dealership.
0: (laughs) The ironic thing is, it wasn't, we actually traded it from another dealer. And the reason we got it is because the other dealer had a car that was on that ship that was on fire. Oh, really? And it was sold. And when they found out that it was on that ship, we had a car that was pretty much an identical car to it. So we swapped. And my dealer trade guy, or the guy that works there, he's like, I'll take your S3 because. He knows he's going to sell it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so and when I I heard he got it, and I knew it might be up your alley. So yeah. I went out to look at it and I was like, oh, wow, this is a good looking car because yeah. it's all black. It's got the black rings. It's got the black badges, um, yeah. full black interior. It's a nice car. And then it's got the it, its lip is the trunk lip is bigger than yours. It's pretty big. I don't know if you could see yeah, it in the pictures, but it's big. I could, yeah, I could. I, I, you have to look. It's really not close quite sized. a ducktail, but it's it's decent size.
1: Yeah, but it was it wasn't like over the top. I thought it was well done, and it was. Yeah, that particular one was carbon fiber, which you really had to look closely at. But um, that car right there would definitely be. You wouldn't need to do anything to it as far as like is concerned, mm-hmm. except maybe put a new shifter in because I hate that shifter.
0: <laughs> well, that's not going to happen.
1: but uh that thing was awesome looking though geez do you know if they're marking it up at all
0: i i don't know um i saw the window sticker but i haven't really heard anything i remembered your dash cam how are you liking that you've had it in for Uh, what a week or two now yeah a couple weeks um i
1: like it a lot It's, it's really it's really clear it's like amazing how clear it is it's like a 4k
0: um does it, does it upload uh, video files to your phone or does it just save it to a desk and you got to pull it out?
1: So that's one thing that I wish it could do. Um, it has a memory card in it and you have to, you know, plug the card into your computer or plug the whole thing in your computer or what have you. There is an app where you can um, watch videos on your phone, but you have to be within 10 feet of the camera. It, and um Kind of like get on its own Wi-Fi.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was hoping that you could like remote into it at any time and just say, "Okay, go." Like, oh, you know, my car is in the parking lot of the shopping center. Let me see what's going on. You know, um, which I don't know if that's cap- if that's a capability of like higher end cameras. This is, I think this is like a nice entry level one. It's called. Um, I think it's like a, uh right here it's a Rove R two four K. It seems to have like really good reviews, but it's I don't think it's like the highest end that you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's what I did, small. yeah, it's just right in there. You know, it, it's behind my mirror, so I don't really see it when I'm driving. Was it last week or two weeks ago? I wired in a hardwire kit because um, I don't you know I, I wanted it to, I wanted it to be clean. I did not want to have something plugged into my cigarette lighter. Like in doing that, when I had it into the cigarette lighter, you know, the, the cigarette lighter doesn't get any power when the car's off. So it would shut off automatically and turn on when I started the car. This particular kit that I got, there's three wires that you had. And it's a, it's a universal kit. It had a red power wire, a black ground wire, and then a yellow accessory wire. And like I had everything wired, like I had everything hidden. It took me forever to... Get the wires into the headliner and and I, I routed them around the uh, airbag on the on the uh, A pillar and I was like I didn't want to mess I'm so particular about interior trim that I was like very careful with it I didn't want to mess anything up I didn't pull anything out I just kind of tucked the wires in but they were kind of like a larger gauge so it was a little bit difficult. So I got all that stuff in. I was out there for probably you know, a couple of hours, I think. When I was in there reading the instructions, it was a little bit confusing. So I, pl- I I I powered. I have the red power going to a constant source and then the ground. When I turn the car on, the light, the camera turns on, but it it'll stay on until you turn it off. It does have a built-in like battery rundown protection, so. If it goes below, I think like 11 volts, it'll shut the thing off so it doesn't drain Mm. your battery. And I'm not like an electrical guy by any means. So I I could be making myself like an idiot on this thing. But based upon what I looked at in this manual, I think the yellow wire is to go to an accessory and it somehow tells the thing to to turn off and turn on. So Mm. because there's a mode that you can put it in, like parking mode it's called, where... If the, if the car's bumped or whatever, it'll turn on automatically and start recording. And I, the reason why I didn't, uh, we had somewhere to go that night. I had, we had to, yeah, we're going out. And I had already put the whole thing back together, like the dash and everything. Because uh, I, like I, I, I tested it. I was like, oh, it works. Great. I'm good to go. And then I was driving the car and then it didn't turn off. I'm like, what, what's, what's this about? So it's a minor inconvenience. I have mm-hmm. to reach over and turn the thing off. And today I forgot to turn it off. So it literally recorded of like eight hours that I was at work, just sitting in the parking lot, but that's a long winded answer. But yes, uh, it's very cool. I think it's, I, I like it. Um, I definitely recommend it because I got I to see some crazy stuff happen on, you know, on the, on the road and I can go back and, you know, check it out on my camera if I wanted to. Plus like mm-hmm. if there's ever an incident, you know, and it's not my fault, <laughs> hopefully it would be helpful to me. Yeah, but I like it. I never had one before, um, and I'm enjoying it so far. Good. You have a GoPro, don't you? Yes.
0: Do you, you use that on the Cayman sometimes? Right. Uh, I don't use it as a dash cam, but yeah, I've used that. I use that to film all of my YouTube stuff. And that, I mean, so the same
1: same kind of thing. It's kind of it's cool to be able to record. Like what I'm excited for is to use it, like when I go on drive this coming car season that's really what I was thinking of to record, you know, spirited drives or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, which which what's something else I kind of wanted to discuss. I know we're kind of getting towards the end of our uh, segment, but, um, I thought it'd be cool to discuss, like best, put best scenic drives out there on the list. Um, and maybe see what the listeners have to say, what's their favorite scenic drive from wherever they are. Mm -hmm. Um, and even, even um share that uh if you can do that through a google map somehow or a screenshot um because i'm always looking for like a good scenic drive and i know we kind of discussed that um doing that you know in the coming months Mm -hmm. where did you say it was a good spot that you liked
0: uh there's a road called creek road uh near us that goes for a good distance and the road quality is pretty good um but you need to download an app it's called roads. Like roads roads yeah it's actually i believe opening it up now i believe it's developed by porsche mm-hmm. but it's a social app and you can rec- it you can use it as like a gps and you can start and stop a road and like record it if you find this good road and then they can, you can follow people and find roads near you that people have recorded and they rate it and describe it to you. And so if you, if you have a really nice road that you want other people to know about or whatever, you can share it on that app. And so it's got a social aspect and you know, it's, it's great for car people that like to you know, find new roads <laughs> and things like that.
1: When you say record, do you, do you, are you talking like video record or are you talking like on a map? Record
0: like a breadcrumb trail.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Okay.
0: Nice. Kind of like that sounds awesome. You, yeah. Like when you're using GPS to get somewhere, it's the trail's already there. You're making it's the opposite. You're making the trail. That sounds so, like, that sounds
1: like a lot of fun. I, I that's something like you know on my days off sometimes. Mm-hmm. I want to take a ride, but I'm always
0: Don't thinking where to where, go.
1: where am I going to go? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a that's a great idea. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah. So then. In the app, there's things like in the community tab, there's like a feed. If you follow certain people, you know you can just find users. And then like in my profile, so if anyone is listening and wants to download the app, you can follow me. My handle is at Midnight Cayman, just like one of my uh, Instagram pages. Um, And then you can put your car in there. Like there's a garage, you can put your cars. And then if you make a road, you can um, save it or create one there. And wow, I actually have 12 followers. I didn't know. I haven't logged into this app for several months. Um, but yeah, I think you and I and the listeners can kind of start developing our own, you know, roads and things like that and see where the, see where the drives take us.
1: Yep. I like that a lot. That sounds awesome. It's very fitting for our podcast as well.
0: Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I have to update the photo though. It's, it's a picture from last winter. Um, with the car in the snow so i'll have to update that a little bit well, I to fee- find out i have to find out who the followers are i'm kind of curious i don't didn't realize i had fo- any followers on it it might be because i followed a couple of people so then maybe they followed me back i'm sure it's
1: not very active on the winter months
0: maybe unless
1: you're i mean it's probably national though right so you can i guess if you're in like a warmer
0: climate maybe yeah, it's at least national. I don't know if it's international or not, but it's definitely across the United States. I look forward to using that a little bit more. Problem is I don't have... So it, nice thing also is um, you can use it with Apple CarPlay. So if, uh-huh. you have, um, if you have a car with newer technology that has Apple CarPlay, instead of using Google Maps, you can use this app and it, it's super easy then to record a new route if you find a road. Whereas mine, because it's a 16-year-old car, uh, I don't... I have to get a phone mount or figure out somehow to use it if I ever need to use GPS or something, but it's not super easy for me to find a road that I want to go to. I almost have to find it and know about where I'm going and that to get to the starting point. And then I can follow it, but you can't really drive spiritedly or enjoy the scenery or whatever. If you're trying to, you know, pick up your phone and look to see where you're supposed to go next, you know, Oh, I have to turn a mile up here or whatever. So, right that's something i have to work out but either way it's a it's a cool app and i think it's got a lot of potential yeah it sounds awesome i'm super
1: pumped to check it out that brings me to another question have you figured out have you given it any more thought with what you wanted to do with your radio situation i know that you were thinking about doing um was it apple car was it apple car play that you're thinking about setting
0: up i'd like to at some point get a new head unit that has a touchscreen and Apple CarPlay capability because of pretty much everything I just mentioned. Um, also like my Outback had it and it's like one of the best things ever because all it takes is a quick tap and you can have it read your messages to you or you can use you know, Waze or Google Maps instead of a factory installed navigation which you always have to update those maps and they're never, you know, Google Maps and Waze and Apple Maps kind of. Um, they're almost always up to date and so you never have to worry about the maps being old or whatever and they also have the ability of being somewhat live as far as traffic and and road hazards are concerned so that's super nice but it's just not in the budget right now to do because it's not, for me I have to get the unit and then I have to get like four different adapters to wire into the electrical system I have to get like two modules to talk to the cars module so that everything works properly and I have the Bose audio system. So I have to get an adapter for that. So it works with the amps and the ancillary parts are more than the cost of the radio itself.
1: Right. Right. Jeez, yeah. And I don't even
0: have like, I don't have steering wheel controls. I don't have um, built in Bluetooth, you know, so I, I don't even have those features I have to worry about. It's just,
1: yeah. So that's, yeah, there's a lot involved, which I think, you know, we may not think about off off the top, you know? Yeah. That's a cool idea. Yeah, one day. Yeah, nice thing to
0: project down the road. I was talking to Sarah a couple weeks ago, and I said, you know, I liked, I really like this car. Probably my favorite car that I've ever owned. And I don't want to get rid of it. But if I would, it would be for a slightly newer generation. The upside is there's some more technology in there. Like I could get CarPlay or a little bit better creature comforts, but it's also... In some ways less raw of a car so the steering went to electric steering instead of hydraulic steering so you lose a little bit there there's there's ups and downsides to it um but that would be where i would go is if i would get another cayman i would get one that's like a 2012 2014 so it's a little bit newer and then i would also seek out some of the options i would really like on that car but i i'm thoroughly enjoying the cayman and um i don't foresee getting rid of it anytime soon How about
1: just adding to the collection?
0: That's a possibility. You can always, I mean, I wouldn't get two of them. I would, you know, either pay this off and then get another car as like a commuter or another weekend toy or something. Or Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I mean, realistically, if we ever get another like toy, um, she's always wanted a red Miata. So probably find her a little red Miata somewhere. Um, so she can have her own sports car, but we'll see, we'll see uh, what the like see it. what the future holds. And that'd be uh, an interesting topic
1: to discuss, um, you know, in an upcoming episode, not some, it doesn't, the toys like weekend toys, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I, I could think of a handful that I'd like right off the top of my head that aren't even cars. Maybe. You know,
0: what might surprise you is one thing I would like to have at some point is a 79 F100 okay like something about that late like 78 79 ford f-series body i just i don't know they're a good-looking car uh, truck i would get it in two-wheel drive and that thing i would do the v10 swap and a manual transmission like a six-speed manual that would be oh awesome oh
1: i'm trying to look um okay yeah so like late 70s one
0: yeah, 78, 79 with the round headlights. I don't like the egg crate grill that came in like 79, 80. So like the the spec is very specific as far as uh-huh. the, the grill look. Because everything else, like the fenders and the cab, the, the bed are all the same. But um, yeah, two wheel drive, 78, 79, uh, F100, F150. Probably in like a, a subtle blue or green.
1: I think fast and loud. Remember, you know, fast and loud, that's the TV show. Richard I never was. watched
0: it but I've heard of it yeah.
1: So I I watched a couple episodes here and there and they had I think earlier years and years ago they had I think it was like a 1970-ish F100 that was two wheel drive. It was you know it wasn't it wasn't really high up because it wasn't lowered but it wasn't really high. Um it had like you know a nice V8 in it and it was actually really cool. I liked it. But just like simplicity, but the the style is just iconic. Yeah, I can see. I can I can appreciate that. Good looking truck. So I'm looking forward to um, you know, the weather today was so nice.
0: Yeah, it's a um, it's a tease. Time it is come. a tease.
1: Yep. <laughs> it's it's um, you know, good things are ahead, and uh, I'm excited for the warm weather and, uh, you know, get some drives under our belts or All wheels, right. shall I say?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I guess let's call it a night. Uh, uh, thanks again for joining us, guys. We look forward to hearing from you uh, via email or Instagram. Again, you can reach us at, by email at windingroadspodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at podcast. Send us a message there. Comment on some of the photos we put up. Try to put up stuff that's not all Audi and Porsche um, from time to time. And yeah, you can reach us there. Until then, we will talk to you guys next week.